Welcome everyone to another episode of Slasher Scotty. I am your host Scotty McCoy and boy do I have a surprise for you. I have the actor that plays Charlie Dale on Days of Our Lives, Michael Manning on the phone. Hello Michael, how are you doing? I'm doing well, how are you? I am doing great. I am super excited for this interview. When your agent got back to me, I was like, oh my god, this is amazing. This is like awesome. I really wanted to interview you since I saw you first appear on Days. Yeah, yeah, no. Thanks for uh, thanks for caring about Charlie and uh, on days and uh, reaching out. Not a problem. So the first question I have for you is, how did you get your start into acting? Okay, we're going back there. <laughs> um, yeah, so so I've been doing I've been acting since I was little. I grew up in Colorado, um, and I I did like community theater and high school theater and when I was younger. But to me. I I didn't know any actors, and so it, like in my universe, it wasn't even a possibility to be a professional actor. So I knew I loved it, and right. I knew I did it for fun, but I never actually realized that I could make a living doing it. And then it was actually in college, um, I you know I took a semester off and worked at Disney World, and I was like doing some other entertainment things, but I was going to school for business, and I followed uh, a friend of mine to an audition for real world the reality show Mm -hmm. and uh ended up getting on the show uh i followed my best friend i had never seen the show before followed him to get him on the show i ended up getting on the show uh did the show and then i had agents and managers in la that watched the show and reached out to me and told me you know convinced me to move out to los angeles that's so awesome it's it's really great. And uh, speaking of, um, you have another you have another movie coming out next week. I believe your agent said February fifth. It's a Spike Lee movie. So would you be able to tell us uh, what the movie is about? Uh, who you play in it, and when and where people can see it? Yeah, yeah. So it comes out February fifth, like you said, okay. on um, VOD and online. And I think you know a couple you know some drive-in theaters. But as we know, you know the pandemic mm-hmm. has closed so many theaters right now. Um, but it's, yeah, Spike Lee is the executive producer, Barry Alexander Brown is the director. Okay. Um, and it's, it's a really great project because it's based on a book called the wrong side of murder Creek, okay. um, about sort of the main character and his, how he went from, uh, it, essentially the film talks about the birth and evolution of the civil rights movement, mm-hmm. uh, in the deep South in okay. the sixties. And um, and how this white college student became an activist and one of the first white activists in this movement. And so it tells, you know, it has Rosa Parks in there and, you know, Cedric the Entertainer plays uh, Reverend Abernathy. And then, you know, uh, Lucas Till and uh, plays the lead, um, mm-hmm. Bob Zellner, who, you know, the story's about. Right. But it's just, it's such a, it's such a deep and rich story and... You know, in the film, we have scenes with the, the KKK and we have riots and we have okay. so many of these things that took place in, in the deep south in our country um, that at least my generation, you know, we weren't a part of. So we mm-hmm. didn't we didn't really, you know, it's it's one thing to read it in a history book or to hear an article about it. But it's another thing to to see it on a, on the big screen. Right. And and for me, it's I can honestly say it's been one of the most meaningful projects that I've ever been a part of just because. I think that this film will continue a conversation that Mm -hmm. needs to be had in this country about equality and civil rights. Exactly, exactly. And I mean, 
I, I just don't see what is like I know I don't even know like it's so hard to uh, describe how people can't just get along based on people of their race and their sexuality and all that like it really it, it boggles my mind I spend nights thinking about us staying up not you know nights thinking about it why can't people just get along like we're all humans you know it, yeah, it baffles yeah me. No, it, I think that I think that with that you know in terms of like race and gender Mm -hmm. and sexuality and so many other things we have made a ton of progress in this country right but that doesn't mean that we're there that doesn't mean that we we reach the end zone there is still a lot of work to be done Mm -hmm. and and that's what that's what i hope this film you know especially having a voice like oscar winner spike lee behind it Mm -hmm. i think that um i hope that people see this film and and it encourages them to continue that conversation Exactly. I really hope it does. And I mean, having you and Spike Lee and everybody that's a part of this project, that that is a huge way to get people start to start talking, mm-hmm. getting people in the industry to actually, you know, start bringing awareness to this. You know, it it, it reaches a wider demographic than simply just, a, you know, a random person. You know what I mean? Just, you know what I mean? It just that's the way I see it anyways. Yeah. Well, and, and also having Lucas. Uh, so Lucas Till, he's. Uh, people might recognize him from the show MacGyver. Mm-hmm. He, he plays MacGyver, and yeah. uh, and so he plays the lead in this. He plays um, Bob Zellner, and okay. and I play Townsend Ellis, his best friend. Okay, and and then just to see the journey that Lucas goes through in this film, it makes it really relatable because a lot of times people are scared of getting involved. They're scared mm-hmm. of civil rights. They're scared of you know they don't want to cause a fuss yeah. and it takes a certain type of person to, I think, become an activist, or, you know, at least that's what a lot of people think. In this film, uh, Lucas does such a great job at not trying, you know, not approaching this being like, oh, I'm going to be an activist, I'm going to change everybody's mind. He just approaches it like, I'm a good person, and I want to do something good and help people. And then he gets pulled further and further into the movement. Okay, awesome. That's not, this sounds like a really good movie. I guarantee you I'm going to be one of them that's going to be watching this. Um, I don't know if it'll be in a drive-in anywhere near me, but I'll definitely get a video on demand for sure because I yeah, definitely please. would like to see this. Um, I think this will be something good for you know everybody to definitely see, and we'll definitely come back to this and, and obviously hype it up at the end of the interview as well, as well as any other projects you have. Um, but I definitely think this is a, a project that needs to be told, and I'm glad it is. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, and and Brian Dennehy too, the late great Brian Dennehy, who just passed away, um, I think a couple months ago. It's yeah. one of his last films, and okay. he uh, he gives a great performance. So if anybody's a fan of of Brian's out there, then they'll want to see this one. That's awesome. So uh, obviously, I, I'm gonna go, jump right into the Days of Our Lives uh, controversial part of the questions. We know, uh, <laughs> we know, we know where this is going. <laughs> so obviously, your character was revealed to been the rapist of Allie Horton, and right before we went live, I um, went you know on the before I started recording, I mentioned to you that today's episode was when Allie was hypnotized, and they revealed how the whole thing started, and with Charlie raping Allie. Um, so the first question I have is, uh, um, what was it like filming the flashback scenes of Charlie raping Allie and did it affect you in any way after the scenes were filmed? Uh, yeah, I can honestly say that I was, I was sick when I first read the script. I was sick the day before I couldn't really sleep. Uh, while we were filming, I felt sick the whole time. 
and then the next day I felt sick the whole time. Uh, so, so it really did affect me. Um, I had a conversation with Lindsay Arnold, who plays Allie, and um, and I said, Lindsay, like, I want you to feel safe and to feel um, comfortable while we're doing this. I was like, what can I, what can I do? Like, how far do you want to go? What you know? And she, we sort of talked about it, and we agreed, like, we had to make it at least i mean it's nbc it's, it's daytime television so right. you can't take it so far but um but we at least had to make it uncomfortable and we at least had to make it violent and 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 mean and malicious because that's right. what happens to some of these people and if yeah. we if we tried to just make it seem you know nice or sugar-coated or whatever then mm-hmm. that's not doing those stories justice and you know and i i do i do thank the writers that like at least they they gave me the room to explore Charlie as a three-dimensional character. Right. And at the very least, it le- you know, at the end of the day, I think people, they know what he did, but they understand why he did it. They understand where that damage comes mm-hmm. comes from. And, um, and so I think, you know, at least I have that. At least I know that people understand where Charlie's coming from. And I, mm-hmm. I tried to bring that to him as an actor. But um, to film those scenes, it was extremely difficult and uncomfortable. And, right. you know, but, but we had to. Right. And, it lo- and just watching the scene today, like I said, I watched it. Literally, I finished it about an hour ago because I wanted to do my homework on it, and I work until 2 o'clock, so um, I actually took my lunch break to watch it. I'm teleworking because of the pandemic, but <laughs> I took my lunch break just so I can watch it, um, so I can kind of do my homework, because I knew they were, that scene was airing today, and uh, I wanted to, and just watching you and Lindsay doing this scene, I, I'm sure she felt the same way you did, and the fact that you both are amazing actors just to, you know, you don't even show that you're so uncomfortable and sick to your stomach because you're doing your job, obviously, but you're, you're just, you did the scene justice and like, obviously nobody wants to see a rape happen, but bringing awareness to this, cause this happens to a lot of women and even to men and they don't, nobody really, they, they're afraid to come out about it. They're afraid to talk about it. They're afraid they're not going to be believed. So bringing, you know, this to attention and Lindsay portraying it like this happened and you know she's she's telling it about what happened it just shows that you know everybody has a voice and everybody should be should be li- at least listened to taken seriously exactly yeah yeah, yeah. i agree 100 percent. yeah so um when you were signed on the days of our lives did you know that it was going to be your character revealed as the rapist of valley and if not when did you find out so <laughs> if i'm being honest i did not know uh i i was when i signed on for the role uh, well, first, that's a funny story because I, I found out about the role in March. Mm-hmm. Um, I found out about the that I was cast in March, and then I signed a contract. And then three days later, the pandemic happened, and everything was <laughs> shut down. And so, and I couldn't tell anybody about it because, like, I didn't know. Number one, I didn't know if I would have the role, if, if uh, how long the pandemic was going to last, right. if they would change their minds, whatever that was. And number two, my parents and my family, they're awful at keeping secrets. <laughs> so I knew that I would tell my mom and then she would tell all her friends and everybody would know. And so I, I, I really sat for six months mm-hmm. uh, during during you know the shutdown uh, knowing that I had this role, but I couldn't really tell anybody. Right. So, um, so, you know, so I, I, it was like, it was like stressful because Mm -hmm. I couldn't take other jobs. I really wanted it to work out, but I had no idea. And then when I finally got the, when I finally, you know, they called me up and they were like, Michael, we're going to start shooting. Um, Mm -hmm. they, I, I had a conversation with the, uh, one of the head writers and producers 
and they told me they said mike uh this character has a dark past and he you know he attacked someone and that was really it i didn't know how that what that attack (laughs) meant i didn't know how deep it was i didn't really know where the character was going until we had started filming i mean maybe like a month or two into it and and then it was revealed to me what actually happened (laughs) and i was like i just remember driving home being like oh no (laughs) oh man so uh but at that point i had already fallen in love with the cast and the show and you know charlie and everything so i you know i had to keep going but um yeah it was a it was a shock right and I mean, it is days of our lives. So, like, the fact that Charlie started out so, you know, clumsy and, like, he, he was, like, so sweet and innocent, you're like, is, this is too perfect to be true. Well, and I knew that Charlie wasn't sweet and innocent. So, I did that on purpose. Right. I really made him, I made him awkward and insecure. And, mm-hmm. and, and every time I approach a scene or every time I, you know, approach a character, I really want to find what makes the most sense in terms of being truthful and for me for me like i think the reason why he was so awkward and nervous in the beginning is because truthfully you know setting aside the fact that he was Mm -hmm. spying on titan for his mom and doing all these other things i think that titan like working at titan was a job that he got himself it's probably the first job he got for himself and he genuinely wanted to do a good job and impress his mom and get information so he didn't want to get fired so he was nervous about you know doing a good job right and then with with claire on the flip side you know charlie might have done all these bad things but it was because he's never been loved before and right. he genuinely he met claire and he fell in love with claire and mm-hmm. when you fall in love with somebody and you're experiencing something for, for the first time of mm-hmm. course you are nervous and you don't want to make a mistake and whatever right. else so even though charlie had this hidden past he was a you know, he's Ava's son, he's a Vitali, he comes from a mob family, he does, yep. you know, he, he did some of these bad things, he's also a young man getting to do other things for the first time, right. and really wanting, I think at the at his core, Charlie really wanted to do a good job, he wanted I, I agree, I completely agree with that. Else. Yeah, I completely agree with that. I mean, I I personally, even when it was revealed that he raped Allie, I'm like, he made a mistake, a, a bad mistake, like a very bad one that traumatized somebody, you know, and he should pay that mistake to society, you know what I mean? But, like, I think when he found Claire and he fell in love with Claire and he got this job, like, he genuinely wanted to do good for himself. Like, this one, mis- this one horrible mistake he made in the past – um, you know, and it's coming back to haunt him. And it's the fact is that he he wanted to change his life around, but then everything started to bring it forward, like Ava, and you know she started she figured it out, and now now it's like he's making all these different mistakes just to cover up what he did. You know, and I I I think he genuinely once he met Claire and you know all that he genuinely like wanted to have a a good future, and this mistake from his past just wouldn't stop haunting him. Yeah, yeah, exactly, yep. exactly, and and that's and that's reality too. We do, we all do things that yeah. we wish we could take back, and yep. we can't. So exactly, you know, we just have to face the consequences. Exactly. So uh, let's see. Um, so, what was your initial reaction uh, finding out that you'll be involved in such a big, real storyline that'll affect a lot of people worldwide? Like, obviously, you described a little bit of it, but can you go like, like, were you were you thinking of like, um, I guess 
this is going to be something that's going to give me backlash or anything like that. Yeah, so when I first found out that Charlie was the one who assaulted Allie, I, um, it was, like I said, it was a month or two in and, uh, from when the show mm-hmm. was airing. Um, let's see. No, it was, okay, so the show, I think the show just started airing. Okay. And I was getting, like, there were so many fans reaching out on Twitter and Instagram and everything mm-hmm. and, and being like, oh, we love Charlie. He's adorable. Mm-hmm. He's, you know, he's such a great addition to Salem. And, and they were very kind to me uh, as Charlie. Mm-hmm. And in the back of my mind, there was that feeling like, oh, great. When, when they find out what he did, they're going <laughs> to they're gonna turn on me. They're going to, you know, they're going to hate me. They're going to hate Mike. They're going to think that, you know, right. Mike's a bad guy too and everything else. And, and, uh, and so I sort of, I planned for that. And I, ha- I have to say actually that, um, while, while people understand that what he did was awful and I am not discounting what he did to Ali whatsoever. It was an awful, awful thing. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people have reached out to me and said, you know what, Mike, you know, uh, like we know that Charlie did an awful thing, but at least, you worked really hard to bring humanity to that character and mm-hmm. to really like show us that he's a broken character, really trying to do good things. Right. And we almost, we almost sympathize with him a little bit. Right. Um, or I guess empathize, empathize with him uh, in terms of like why he did what he did. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so the, the backlash was not as negative as I thought it would be because I feel like a lot of people understand mm-hmm. right. that, you know, that he did something bad because he's a broken person. Right, and especially like with with you, like I I would hate to see you getting like because I heard some cast members in the past have gotten like death threats and everything like that because their characters do these evil vile things, and it's like they're acting like don't get it, take it out on the actor, like take it out on the character, you know what I mean? Like don't mm-hmm. bring it to it's not the actor's just doing what what isn't what the screen you know the screenwriters wrote and they're doing their job. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um. Let's see. So. So what was it like working with the likes of Lindsay Arnold, Lucas Adams, Robert Scott Wilson, Isabel Durant, and Tamara Braun? Yeah, so T- Tamara is, is just amazing, and I'm so lucky that she, uh, you know, is, is playing my mother, and um, and that I, I had to tackle mm-hmm. some of those more emotional scenes, and that she was the one that I was working with, because right. she's such she's such a great actress, mm-hmm. and she's so giving as an actor, and, you know, and I think that we immediately when we met on set she gave me a hug and and we (laughs) were talking as people and we built that chemistry of mother and son um and and i think that it brought a new level of emotion to those scenes that would have otherwise been missing and then same thing with isabel i think isabel uh, i know that she's a new addition for claire but um, she's such a great actress and she you know there were so many moments that she and i were discovering together and it really gave you the feeling that these are two people that are figuring out love for the first time. Right. And um, and so she was great. And then Lucas was actually a buddy of mine. I've known Lucas for years. Nice. Uh, he and I have been buddies in, in L.A. For, for years. When I found out I got the job, he's actually somebody I reached out to. And I was like, hey, man. And this is before I even knew that we were half-brothers nice. on the show. 
I reached out to him and I was like, Hey man, uh, can we like, you know, grab dinner and just, can I, can I pick your brain about the show? Like, what's it like working with these people, you know? Cause I didn't want to be, be like the new kid in school, right. uh, <laughs> showing up on my first day, not knowing anybody. So I, I reached out to him and, and we actually talked and it's funny, our very first meeting, uh, <laughs> he actually, he actually knew more about Charlie than I knew about Charlie. And so we're talking and stuff and he actually, you know, I can say this now because it's funny, uh, but um, we're sitting there talking and he goes, oh, yeah, especially because like Charlie and, and uh, Tripp are related. And I was like, wait, what are you what are you talking about? And, and he goes, he goes, oh, crap, I shouldn't have said that. I shouldn't have said anything. So uh, so he's yeah. But Lucas has been a buddy of mine. And so I'm, I'm just really grateful awesome. that I got to work with him so much. That's awesome. And it's funny that you mentioned Lucas because I actually reached out to him, I think, around the same time I reached out to you. And I didn't hear back from him yet, but I reached out to him on Instagram because I couldn't find nothing on IMDb. That's where I got your information was on IMDb Pro. Um, but uh, I reached out to Lucas on Instagram, and I haven't heard anything. But obviously, he's, he probably gets a lot of messages, I would assume, to begin with. And plus, working currently on days, um, I don't even know how how – they are allowed if they're allowed to do interviews if they're like you know if they have to get approval i don't know any about any of that stuff yeah i mean i I don't know the i could be wrong but i like i'm currently shooting on days right now okay and i'm doing an interview yes i think we can i think we can okay uh, you know i i I don't i think it's a personal preference or maybe he just doesn't he probably yeah. didn't even get the message because, first of all, he doesn't follow me on there. Um, so the fact is the message probably goes into the other inbox that's, that's like, hidden in, like, a different part of Instagram, and I hate that. Um, so he might not even have heard, even gotten it. Um, and that was actually one of my questions was if you uh, wrapped up your uh, stint on Days of Our Lives or if you're sticking around. <laughs> yeah, well, I don't want to ruin any story points for right. anybody, so I can't really get into that, but I am, I am still on the show as of right now. Awesome. That is great news. I'm excited about that because even, like I said, even though Charlie does that dastardly thing, like, I absolutely love that character. And I really think Charlie and Claire make such a cute couple. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I really do. Yeah, well, I don't know. Yeah, I, I, in a perfect world, I wish that he could repair things with Claire. But yeah. uh, it's if gonna he be... were going to do that, he would have a long way to go just because Absolutely. She, she feels so betrayed by him lying to her so much. Absolutely. So what was the best part about, uh, like, while filming Days of Our Lives? Uh, I mean, there, there have been so many great moments there, to be honest. There have been so many. Like, <laughs> I've never been on a show where every single day it's working with you know it's working on so mm-hmm. much material working with new actors and and everybody it moves so fast that right. you know it's almost like theater like every you're just thrown into it and you get you know one or two takes and you just go and you have and it's a trust exercise between you and the other actor and right you're finding you're finding these moments on the fly and then you just give it your best and then you pack up and you you know do it the next day and and so it's been a really uh challenging but also really exciting experience for me just to to work uh, on a show that moves that quickly. And also, like, <laughs> there have been a, uh, plenty of experiences that I've had on set that have been first for me. Like, my very first week of work, I got a smoothie spilled on me. And that was, <laughs> you know, two, two times. Two, two times. Scenes. And so the <laughs> very first week, everybody's spilling smoothies on me, and I'm standing around in the cold and with, like, juice on, in my armpit and everything. And it's, it's like, it was like, it was... It was uh, and, and again, 
we only have so many changes of clothes. So you have to get the shot in one or two takes. Right. And uh, and and I was just like, okay, let's see what happens. And <laughs> it was actually Paul Telfer, uh, Xander, yeah. who had to hit me with the smoothie the first time. And he actually does the he like does this thing where he pulls his elbow back and then it goes all over me. And he and I we like rehearsed it one time. And I was like, oh man, like I hope we get this. And this is our first day working together. I was right. like, man, I hope we get this because like I only have one shirt. And and he was like, look, look, Mike, you you just have to you'll get used to it, but you just have to go for it on the show, and you just have to. Um, trust that everything's going to work out. And, right. and that was sort of a lesson that I took from the first week and I've taken it throughout the whole series is like just showing up, doing your best <laughs> and trusting that everything's going to work out. Right, exactly. So like any, like, I guess that would be one of them, but any good behind the scenes stories like that happened with you, the cast or anything? Um, well, it's interesting because with COVID and everything, yeah. the restrictions have been pretty... Um, there've been a lot of restrictions Mm -hmm. and so I haven't had that much time to socialize with the cast. Like I normally would most of our, most of like our rehearsals and and talking and everything is, is on, um, on FaceTime, like on our phones. Right. So, uh, you know, I have developed some great friendships and, and every time I work with, you know, with Drake or with, uh, Paul or with, you know, some of the goofballs on set, we always (laughs) tell jokes and stuff and, and that's really great. Um, but unfortunately, so much of our socializing offset has has been like on FaceTime and absolutely. Media. And that's that was actually my next question about COVID nineteen. Um, it's still taking place. Obviously, you said you're still filming the scene. You're still filming with days. So, like, what are the uh, measures that the COVID measures that uh, take place when you enter the studio and when you're on set and all that? Yeah. So it's. Um, I mean. They want to keep everybody safe, and I, I will mm-hmm. say that the producers have done a really good job at that, Great. Um, at creating that bubble so that, you know, you show up and you get tested in the morning, you have a negative COVID test, and then you go about your day, and you're wearing a mask the whole time unless you're shooting, and mm-hmm. um, and then everybody's, like, in their own dressing room, so they, sec- they have us secluded as much as possible, and then they test us all the time, and um, and that's been a way that they've been able to keep production open, uh, because... Right they're they don't you know they don't relax on those restrictions at all it's for everybody's safety absolutely and when it comes to covid because you don't know which family members have you know other family like which cast members have family members that you know are that have diseases like whether it's cancer or or they're older or whatever and you don't want to put anybody in jeopardy or let alone you know make this spread even further so like when it comes to safety like there's no way you should take you know be lenient on that at all not at all. Um, so I am. I have a question actually that my my I'm still good friends with my former boss. But I've been you know she's been with my boss like over ten years ago at Kmart when I worked there. Um, so uh, she had a question that she wanted me to ask you that she read somewhere and it didn't air yet. So if you can't say anything, even if you want to do a teaser or even if you if you can't say anything at all, that's fine. But uh, she noticed that uh, you get triggered um, when you're something about your glasses either being on or off. Um, something like something, I guess, like a split personality. Um, do you have any insight on this? So I did. That's a good question, and I have to answer this carefully. Um, <laughs> so, no, but I, I I did make the the glasses, uh, and this is a conversation I had with the writers. Is is like the glasses are symbolic of when Charlie feels comfortable mm-hmm. and when Charlie is being himself and when he's not being himself. So the, the glasses are when he, you know, he's, he wears the glasses when 
he's he's either doing something that is you know he knows he's not supposed to be doing or he's lying or he's he's nervous and he's like trying to put up a front and then the glasses come off when he's he sort of the walls are down and he's being charlie 100 percent whether he's angry or in the moment or he's been caught with something uh the glasses come off essentially like when the gloves come off and it's like okay this is me you know i'm not gonna lie anymore right so uh or when he feels comfortable. I think that there are moments with Claire that he really feels in love and the glasses come off and he's almost like showing her who he is right. and his true self. And so so that's ex- that's absolutely what it is. Um, I can't really comment on any split personalities or anything else like that. Okay. But, um, but the glasses were used in specific moments for specific reasons. And that makes the character just that more complex with so many more layers, which is really exciting because it brings more more, you know, depth to him and I really like that idea of incorporating that to his character. Yeah, no, I'm really glad that they gave me the glasses to work with. I'm a huge Superman fan, yeah. and for me, it was almost like this sick and twisted, like Clark Kent Superman kind of thing. And awesome. uh, so it was a lot of fun to work with. That's awesome. Now, you don't have to answer this part because this isn't really a question. This is going to be me going off interviewer mode and on the fan mode, and I'm going to make a guess. I'm just saying this on the air to see if I'm right or wrong in the future, but I'm going to make a guess that the glasses are going to be a way that they're going to find out that Charlie actually like is is doing all this bad stuff. I'm going to go there. Like I know, you know, obviously Ali is going to confess and everything, but I think the glasses are going to come into it. That's just me guessing. I'm going to see if I'm right. <laughs> Okay. All right. <laughs> so the last question I got for you is: uh, Do you have any projects, websites, social media accounts, or anything else at all that you'd like to let the listeners know so they can keep up with your career and the amazing work you do? Yeah, absolutely. Um, my my website is mikemanning.info, okay. uh, and that just has like some press articles and info about me. And then my social media on everything is just Mike C Manning. Okay. Um, there was already a Mike Manning out there, so I had to throw my <laughs> middle, middle name in there. So it's just Mike C. Manning okay. on social media. Awesome. Sounds great. Well, I thank you so much for your time, Mike. Yeah, no, absolutely. Thanks awesome. for, uh, for chatting with me. And this, was, this was a lot of fun. No problem, man. Before I let you go, I just want to let everybody know that I'll be posting this with like a picture of you from days um, on the new YouTube channel I created for Slasher Scotty, as well as the audio version going on Apple Podcasts and uh, Google Podcasts, Spotify, anywhere that you can listen to these. Obviously, if, you, if you're listening to this, you found it. So give me a like, a comment, subscribe on YouTube, and uh, I thank you again for your time. It's been an honor to interview you, and I definitely look forward to seeing what the future holds for you and how this Spike Lee movie comes out and I look forward to everything and it's been an honor. Thank you very much, Scotty. I thank you. It. You stay safe, all right? You too. All right, thank you. Bye. All right, bye.